Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated, won't you? Well, there is little risk that any one of us will take this passage in the gospel literally. (laughs) It's not that our hands and our feet and our eyes haven't caused us difficulties and challenges along the way. We've all stumbled. We've all been a cause of stumbling. But Jesus is trying to say something far, far more profound. We need to recognize that when we come to Scripture and to the Gospels particularly, that Jesus teaches us as a brilliant logician, and he uses hyperbole, he uses metaphor, he uses images, because he's really trying to get to the heart of things quickly. Barbara Brown Taylor wrote a sermon on this passage called Shock Therapy, and that's really what Jesus is doing. Sometimes we need shock therapy. I know that you do, and I know that I do too. Sometimes we just need to really hear it, what God is trying to say. Four times Jesus says these words, it would be better for you. It would be better for you. He says it four times in this passage. What would be better for us? To have a millstone around our neck and drop into the sea? What's he trying to say? It would be better for you. But we all need those words. We need them from our friends, our loved ones, our therapists, whatever it may be. There have been people, if you are fortunate enough, who have said to you somewhere along the way, Rob, it would be better for you. And of course, we have to either listen or not. So here is Jesus, and what he's really trying to say is that your life matters. Your words, your actions, your vision, your understanding, your comprehension of things, your life matters. Everything you do has consequences in this world. You have been given agency and freedom and ability. You have been given God's life, God's grace, and everything you do has consequences. It matters. And he's saying this to his disciples, who, let's just be honest with you, in the past couple of weeks have really demonstrated that they are simply dense. I mean, last week in the gospel, Jesus is announcing to them his suffering and his cross. They get to a house, and Jesus looks at them and says, what were you arguing about along the way there? Oh, well, we were just arguing about who's the greatest. A little dense. And then we're going to hit another one today where they really take the cake. But my point at first is this, that their lives matter, their words matter. And Jesus is trying to say that to them. Don't be the cause of stumbling of others and don't stumble yourselves by your actions and by your words. Now at the very least, Jesus is really doing shock therapy here. Because if there's anyone that's really equipped To care for people in body and soul, it is the church. It is you. It is me. We've been given the commission. We've been given 
the grace, we've been given the spirit, we've been given the call, we've been made in the image of God. And if anyone should be able to care for other people in such a way that they don't stumble, it should be us. And so because of this, Jesus' followers cannot take part in anything that would harm and diminish and destroy the image of God in another human being. So the disciples come back again. They're still in the house. And John this time says to Jesus, hey, Jesus, you're really going to like this. We, we saw somebody trying to cast out a demon in your very name, and we tried to stop him. I mean, did he really think that was going to gain him some, some ground? We tried to stop him because he was not one of us. Oh, man. Not one of us. That's exactly what Jesus is trying to show them. And so he says, you don't need to stop him. If somebody is doing a good work, healing, liberating, building up, caring for people in their souls, leading them to a freedom, a freedom to be that was created in them by the image of God. If somebody is doing that work in my name, by my authority, by my resources, don't stop them. For whoever is not against us, is for us. Now, I'm going to say something that might be a little uncomfortable, but I don't think it really needs to be, and that's this. Did you realize that the work of God's healing love and grace and justice and peace and shalom for the world is a greater activity than the institution of the church? Do you realize that there are people in the world who are doing the very good work of God that may not be within the household of the church. But nevertheless, it is God's work. God's spirit is great. God's spirit is working all over the world in his creation. We're privileged because we have the resources and the call and the commission. But we must never forget. And we must never say, they're not one of us. We better stop them. Jesus says, listen. Watch it. Don't cause people to stumble or stumble yourselves. It would be better for you. It would be better for you if you didn't do that. So, you know, when we say he's not one of us, we have to be careful. I want to read to you a statement by David Brooks, the conservative columnist for the New York Times. He's writing about his Christian faith and his Hebrew faith, his Jewish faith. He says, I was on a journey toward God, and I found out pretty quickly along the way that religious people and institutions sometimes build ramps. And it made it so much easier for me to continue my journey to God, to reclaim my faith. But also, they build walls, making the journey so much harder. Ramps and walls. I wonder this morning if you can identify with those two images and maybe perhaps a good reflection of your life is to say, where am I building ramps and where am I building walls and why am I building walls? And Jesus says, whoever's not against us is for us. 
Everyone is on a walk, a, a journey towards God, even if they don't know what it is. And so what we need to be doing is building ramps. Because America's social fabric is being ripped apart, ripped to shreds by distrust and loneliness, alienation, inequality, racism, spiritual emptiness, and tribal enmity. I mean, we've all experienced it one way or the other, no matter what aisle you're on, no matter what side you're on. And I love the way that David Brooks puts it. He says, we're either weavers or we're rippers. We're either trying to take the disparate parts of life and hold them together in love and compassion and grace and wisdom, or we can be those people who want to rip it all apart. Jesus says, have salt in yourself. Be at peace with one another. This is what he's trying to say. It's so important to recognize that your words and your actions influence people. That's what salt does. It influences people. And so the final ramp for the Christian world is simply, perhaps, and most importantly, the recognition that we are called by God to demonstrate a different kind of way of being human in this world. Let me close with a story about a woman. Her name is Dorothy Day. You may have heard of her. She is actually being considered for sainthood in the Roman Catholic Church. Dorothy Day established what was called the Catholic Worker Movement in the Roman Catholic Church during the Great Depression and the days after. She felt very important about social justice issues, particularly poverty. And she created a very powerful way of saying to the church, you need to take care of the poor, you need to feed the hungry. And at the end of her life, she was a great writer all of her life, and at the end of her life, it would have been very natural for her to just write her memoirs about her experiences of life. And a guy by the name of Robert Coles, who was a professor at Harvard, came to her and said, are you writing your memoirs? And she said, well, you know, I did that. I tried. I sat down with a piece of paper and I wrote on the top, a life remembered. And then I sat there trying to think how to start my memoirs. I sat there and I sat there and then I thought of the Lord and his visit to us those centuries ago. And I was just grateful to have had him on my mind all these years. And then she said, I didn't really feel the need to write anything else. Now Jesus comes to them again. And he's trying to teach them the shock therapy. And he says, listen to me. Anyone who gives you a glass of cold water, a cup of water, a sip of water, in my name, in my name, will never lose their reward. All we have to do is small things with great love. That's all that it takes. And so my friends, this is a challenging passage of scripture. There's so much there. I need the shock therapy of Jesus. I need him to say, Rob, it might be better for you. 
And I think we all do. Maybe if we just started with one cup of water at a time, we would know the kingdom is among us.